The following podcast has coarse language and subject matter people might find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Imagine walking around, invisible to this world. I'm sure from time to time we feel that way. But what if we were undetected to the human eye? No matter the effort, you are not seen, you are not heard. You would go about a daily routine, same as any other person, but no one would recognize your existence. Not a hello, not a smile. Until one day, during your non-existence, something happens, someone notices you. If only for a moment you exist again. What lengths would you go to in order to be seen again, even for that one moment, that one glimpse that changes everything? I'm Bo Jensen, and in this episode, we are changing everything. This is Danielle's story. Welcome to the world beyond the veil. This is Geist. question we are approached with a lot is if we've ever had any experiences. I haven't. In fact, the subject of the paranormal was something I avoided entirely until we created this podcast. But Danielle has always had an interest, and after hearing this story, I understand why. I'm a photographer by trade, and uh, when I graduated from college, my first job was um, an in-house position at a design company. And this was a really large design company and was very popular in Canada. So it was really exciting for me to land a junior position there. I would be working with a senior photographer and I'd be working in a studio and it was a nine to five job. So I was very excited. The building was not old by any means. Um, It had probably been constructed in the 80s, maybe late 70s. It uh, was a massive place that had been cut into half, so half of it was the original warehouse, and the other half was designed as an office space with a design studio and our photography studio. When you entered the building, you would... uh, see a reception space that was attached to a showroom that was kind of divided by a glass wall. And then it was like a long hallway that would enter you into the main part of the building that was basically a cathedral all the way up to the second floor. So as you travel down this hallway, there was a cafeteria to the right. And then uh, continuing, there was cubicles on either side until you reached the design studio. The design studio was a big open space where the designers would work and they had like some little tables and uh, a little hub where they would kind of get together and talk about their designs. Right behind that was a small door that led to a prop room and then directly to the right was our studio. It was a really chill environment, which I loved. 
Uh, there were a lot of creative people there and a lot of creativity kind of flowing through the building. So I really enjoyed my time there for the most part. <laughs> there were periods in this job position that would require uh, us to work late nights or on the weekends. And it would typically be around catalog time or, um, you know, if they were launching a brand. And uh, it would, the work would pile up. So we would select um, days to come in on the weekends that, you know, people typically weren't there. So we didn't have that many interruptions. Um, or we would work later in the evening because by five o'clock, everyone would pretty much <laughs> vacate the building. The whole vibe of the building was um, very still and very quiet that I didn't really find very threatening. But even when it was like a regular work day, the building was still and it was quiet. It was very pronounced. This, this silence was very pronounced. Everything was normal and quiet until one weekend when her experiences at work started off with a bang or rather, a crash. One weekend, the other photographer and I were working on, I believe it was a Sunday. There was no one else in the building. Uh, it was just the two of us. And um, we were quite busy, so uh, my desk faced a wall when you came into the studio, so my back faced the doorway, and his desk was on the other side and uh, we had a shooting area in between and you know we were just working away we were just sitting there and all of a sudden I hear this smash like this shattering crash it just cut through the silence of the building and like hit us in the studio immediately and we both kind of turned in our chairs towards each other and we were just kind of like, that was odd. The other photographer picked up the phone and used the PA system that would broadcast across the building. Um, and it was kind of protocol to do this, to ask if anyone was in the building, um, just to call the studio, let us know that you were here. Perhaps we didn't know someone else was in there. And we waited a few minutes and we didn't hear back from anyone. We tried again and we waited didn't hear back and so he kind of looked at me and said well I'm gonna have to go check this out you know just in case someone's trying to break into the building and I was like well you're not leaving me here I'm gonna come with you so the pair investigates the supposedly vacant building so we walk out into the main building which is just absolutely silent and um, we walk down the hall and we're walking up towards the main reception area. And um, he's kind of just looking around the windows and I walk into the showroom. And as soon as I walk into the showroom, I see in the middle of the room that there's a mirror that is smashed. So initially, I was like, okay, here's our culprit. A mirror had fallen off of the wall. It had obviously come loose from where it had been hung. But when I inspected further, I noticed that where it was hanging and where it landed, there was about about eight feet of space between the two. So it's not like this mirror had slid 
down off of the wall. It actually flew off of the wall and landed in the middle of the showroom. Another really odd element was that this mirror was face up and it looked like it had been smashed, it was broken, but it also looked like someone had reassembled all of the pieces. It was an oval mirror and all of the pieces of the mirror were just placed back together as if someone, like a puzzle, like as if someone took all the pieces and put it back into this oval shape, which I also thought was rather strange. So I call out to the other photographer and I was like, uh, there's a mirror broken in here. And he's like, oh, and he sent it relieved. He walked in and he saw this mirror on the floor and immediately was puzzled. And you could see him kind of working it out in his head. And I was, you know, looking at him to be like, right? Like, this is strange. And he remained quiet and said, okay, um, we'll just leave this for maintenance to clean up tomorrow. It's just in case, so we don't cut ourselves. Um, so just let reception know tomorrow. And uh, yeah. You know, I really didn't put too much thought into it. Um, it was weird, but the thing that was the weirdest was how dismissive the other photographer was at acknowledging <laughs> how weird that was. And I could tell that he was you know, assessing the situation. You could see the confusion in his face. So I was kind of like weird, right? And and he never really said anything back. And he really just kind of blew the whole thing off. And we didn't talk about it. And I thought that that was really strange. So she finishes up her day. Back at work on Monday, she reports the broken mirror only to be confronted with another odd response. So in the morning, I go over to reception. It's now Monday. And uh, I tell her, hey, you know, um, we were in on the weekend, uh, and one of the mirrors we heard had smashed and is broken in the showroom. And she looks at me, and she says, really? And I said, yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's currently there <laughs> behind you. And uh, she's just like, okay. She's like, that's fine. I'll get someone to clean it up kind of felt like she was frustrated with me so I said oh well it wasn't me like I didn't break it uh, it was just it fell off the wall and she said to me don't worry I know you didn't break it and I was like okay <laughs> same kind of like blow it off reaction so I didn't really think too much about it apparently this was something that people didn't like to talk about. Um, but then things started happening to me. And the things that started happening were really weird. My back faced the entrance to the studio. Uh, my desk was facing the wall. Um, so often people would walk into the studio and I would hear them come in and, um, come up behind me whether it be to ask a favor or to take a look at something and so typically my reaction would be turn around in my chair and be greeted with somebody and talk to them on occasion the other photographer would kind of 
walk up behind my desk just to kind of take a look at what I was working on. So he'd kind of be looking over my shoulder and I would cheekily respond, you know, oh, hey, what do you think? You know, am I doing a good job? And so I guess I became very privy to what footsteps coming through the studio would sound like. I guess the whole reason I became very sensitive to it is because sometimes I would be sitting at my desk um, facing my computer and I would hear somebody walk into the studio. I heard distinct footsteps walking in behind me and I would turn my chair and there would be nobody. I mean, it came to a point where it was like the Russian roulette of footsteps. I would sometimes turn and be greeted by somebody, and I would sometimes turn and there would be nobody. But it was the exact same sound walking into the studio. And we had a concrete floor, so, you know, there was like those sandy sort of footsteps coming in. And the studio was quiet, like you heard it. It wasn't as if I misheard it. I analyzed this over and over again because it would happen a lot. But it didn't stop there. Something I would encounter often was the very predominant smell of cigarettes um, as if somebody lit up a cigarette right next to me and was smoking, blowing smoke in my face. Like that strong. Um... I mean, sometimes I would even get somewhat irritated because it would be so heavy that I'd go out into the warehouse to see if perhaps somebody was smoking with the door open, and that was never the case. Um, But this really strong, strong cigarette smell was pretty intense. And just like the footsteps, it would happen a lot. Then it got scary. I guess something that was somewhat undeniable started happening. Uh, Again, a lot. When I would be shooting uh, in the studio, my back would no longer be to the doorway. I guess I would have a kind of a peripheral of the front door. And somebody would walk by the door constantly. And it was kind of a classic out of the corner of your eye scenario where I would see it happening and I would turn to look and it would kind of disappear. I know that doesn't seem like an odd thing, you know, somebody walking by a doorway, but um, the door to the studio was kind of like in the corner of the wall. So there would be no reason to walk straight across because you would hit a wall. So often when people would walk by the door, they would kind of be veering left to go to the warehouse. So we would never really see anybody walking directly past the door. And the thing I think that really (laughs) drew my attention to it is that it was the same person every single time. It was a man, I believe to be a man, uh, wearing all black with a shock of really white, white hair. And it would be this person every single time passing by the door out of my peripheral. I would turn to look and they would be gone. And it happened weekly. 
couple times a week, I would see him. It got to a point where I would actually actively look for this person that matched this description in the building whenever I would, you know, go get a coffee or like walk around to other people's desks. I would keep an eye out for a man with like white hair because I think that that was better than whatever it was that was concluding in my mind. Cigarette smoke wasn't the only strange smell that started presenting itself in the studio. So I find myself working on a Saturday again. Uh, This time there's more than just the two of us in the building, so I felt a little bit more comfortable. I walk into the studio, and the other photographer has pulled out a whole bunch of stuff from the wall as if he was searching for something, and bags are moved and lights are moved, and I walk in, and I was like, oh, did you lose something? And he kind of looks at me concerningly, and he's like, can you smell that? And I said, no, I can't smell anything. I'm like, what do you smell? He said he walked into the studio, and the first thing that he smelt was rotting meat, like rotting flesh kind of situation where he thought perhaps... You know, a mouse had died or something had died in the studio. So he started to rustle through everything and he's like, it was such an overwhelming smell. I, I couldn't, I had to like open the door and like try and air it out. And then he makes the comment where he says, you know, I've smelt things in here before, but never rotting meat. And I look at him and I'm like, so you smell cigarettes, do you? <laughs> And he just looks at me and he nods and I'm like, I think we should talk. (laughs) I start to kind of talk to him about the things that I have been seeing. And I mean, I didn't particularly want to share them because they were kind of crazy, but he was, he was cool. He was open to it. And, um, he started to kind of tell me about times where he would be in the studio alone And the door would be closed. He would be working on a weekend or on an evening. And all of a sudden, someone would start knocking at the door. And it was to his surprise, thinking that he was in the building alone. And he would get up and he'd walk to the door and he'd open it. And there'd be nobody there. That sent chills down my spine. I I couldn't believe that he kept working (laughs) and didn't run out of the building screaming. (laughs) So he says to me, I don't want to talk about this too much because we've been instructed never to talk about it. But there is a ghost in this building. And I was like, well, why can't we talk about it? And he said that the owner of the company had heard a lot of stories through HR or whatever it is. And he said that it would be best if we didn't speak about it because apparently we were feeding into it and it was starting to become disruptive. But Apparently, a lot of people had had experiences and had reported it to HR. (laughs) I thought that was wild. So this untold ghost story is finally revealed. Later on that day. So after that conversation, we just kind of like go about our day and we're shooting and we 
are working a lot later than other people. So even though it's the weekend and people have come in, everyone's sort of filtered out. And again, we find ourselves to be alone in the building. And uh, we decide to take a break. And then um, he says to me, hey, do you want to see the rest of the warehouse? And I said, sure. So we approached an area called the Pick Tower. And what this area was for is orders would come in and uh, the people that worked in the warehouse would get onto a forklift and pick the items that were needed to fulfill each order. He's explaining this to me and he's just like kind of like telling me about how the warehouse works and I'm, you know, interested in listening. And as we're walking, it was like we crossed a threshold in the building. So I was walking one minute, feeling fine. (laughs) And the next minute, all of a sudden, the air was so heavy and the energy was so condensed. It was almost like you were walking through water. There was some resistance in the air. And I almost felt confused. Like I felt like I couldn't really understand what was going on. It was, it was, it was crazy. And the other photographer looks at me and he's actually says, he's like, are you okay? And I was like, you know what? I think I just like need, I would like to go back now. So we turn around and cross this same threshold. And as I'm on the other side, back into the other part of this warehouse prior to the pick tower, I feel fine. I feel totally fine again. So, you know, that was weird. At this point, this whole ghost situation is now on my radar. And uh, I'm not like looking for things. I'm not looking to see things or, you know, I'm not jumping at every sound being like, oh, it's a ghost. But I've recognized that something is going down. Danielle didn't realize that the recognition of this ghost would hit a new level. Pretty terrifying level. We reached a very busy time of the year and we hired on some extra help. And uh, this girl that came in, she would assist both of us um, in getting a lot of stuff done and um, were asked to come in on the weekend. And the first thing that hits my mind was like, oh man, this poor girl, she has no idea what's going on. I hope nothing happens. And of course, something does. We're working on photographing new product for the upcoming catalog. All of the new product, like I mentioned, is housed in the front showroom. So we went to the front, we collected a whole bunch of items. Um, We went back to the studio, photographed them, and we were on our way back to put them back into the showroom. Uh, We're walking down the long hallway and we pass the cafeteria. So the cafeteria is on our left and the back of the cafeteria has a really large door that swings into the warehouse. So as we approach the cafeteria, we've got our arms full of products and we're just chit-chatting. The door flies 
open. It just, it flies open as if somebody had run full force and pushed it. And it hits the the wall and then it swings all the way back and hits the opposing wall. And it did it like three or four times with such force. I'm standing there all wide-eyed looking at this door just swinging on its own and I instinctively call out and I'm like, hello, hello. And (laughs) nothing. I turn to look at the assistant and she's already just like dropped everything and is already running back to the studio. So I follow suit. I put things on the ground and we just rush back to the studio So we get back and the other photographer is like looking at us and he's like, what's going on? And I explained what happened and I was kind of looking at her to like validate my story and she started to kind of blow it off and she's like, no, like, oh, there must be somebody in the warehouse. And I was like, you know, there's nobody else in this building. The other photographer just kind of settles the situation and he's like, all right, like, let's just get back to work. And I'm just like, I know what I saw. And it was crazy. She kept coming into work and, you know, it it was kind of like the elephant in the room. But yeah, we never, never talked about it again. After experiencing the smells in the studio, the swinging cafeteria doors and the men in black, Danielle finally got some answers from an unexpected place. So annually, we would have an interview with HR just as a check-in to see how our position was going um, and if we had any problems in the workplace. Uh, The woman that ran HR was a really approachable and really friendly, really chill person, and um, I felt comfortable talking to her. At the end of our interview, she wraps up by saying, you know, okay, like, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? And I said, yeah, um, is this building haunted? She kind of stops and she looks at me and it was, she almost like removes her glasses and puts it down on the desk and shakes a deep breath. And she's like, what have you experienced? I just recognized in her tone that it wasn't the first time that she had been asked this question. And I assumed that it was because other people had experienced things as well. So I gave her a synopsis of what I had been experiencing in the studio. She very calmly says to me, yes, this building is haunted. Which was not what I was expecting to hear from HR of a big company. But she said, yeah, this building is haunted. And then she went on to explain that the ghost that haunted the building, uh, his name was Joe. Joe was an employee. Um, He worked in the pick tower. He drove a forklift. Um, And he was a friendly guy and was a great worker. And he had a very good reputation. And a lot of people knew who he was. 
Unfortunately, one night, Joe had a heart attack in his apartment, and he died. The saddest part was that he had no like local family to come and collect his body, so it had been collected by the city, and I guess buried, or whatever it is they do with uncollected bodies. And she said that shortly after he passed away, you know, everyone was quite sad about it, um, is when things started happening around the workplace. couple instances that she had mentioned that uh, stuck out in my mind was they would often hire temps in the back warehouse whenever it was a busy season and Joe particularly liked to mess with these temps there was a temp that was um, I think retrieving some boxes off of a conveyor belt and a man walked up to her and started to knock the boxes off of the conveyor belt and she looked at him in frustration and he just kind of laughed at her And she thought this was rude, so she went to the manager to complain. And when they both together went to confront this person in question, he was nowhere to be found. Another instance, a temp had complained about a man that would stand at the top of the pick tower smoking cigarettes. And when she said that, I said, oh, wait, hold on a minute. Was Joe a smoker? And she said, yes, he was a very heavy smoker. And that just rocked me. (laughs) So with much hesitation, I asked her, can you tell me what Joe looked like? And she said, he was a medium build to thin man who would often wear black, but... He had a shock of really white, white hair. And then it just all made sense to me. You know, like the disturbances, the footsteps in the studio, the smell of cigarette smoke, the smell of like something rotting. And then obviously this person that I would see crossing my doorway, it was, it was him. You know, I, it was Joe. I was, Joe was haunting my studio. So at that point, my interest was piqued, and I kind of, under the radar-ish, started poking around the warehouse. I had become friendly with a couple of the guys that worked there, and tried to kind of throw the topic in here and there, um, knowing that we weren't supposed to talk about it. I tried to get some information out of them. A couple of them had told me that there were instances where their, their manager would be sitting in their office and working on something and would all of a sudden hear their name being whispered into their ear. And he would turn around and no one would be there. He'd go back to work and again, he'd hear his name whispered into his ear. 
And he got really mad and he kind of got out of his seat and walked into the their little break room and was kind of like, who's yelling in my ear? Like, who's talking in my ear? And they'd be like, no one, man, we're all sitting in here. They would often speak about Joe's forklift. Joe's forklift was forklift number six, I believe. And they said that it would go off on its own all the time. They'd hear beeps and noises coming from it. And nobody in the back ever wanted to use it. So just a couple stories like that. This ghost, Joe, wanted to confirm his existence. So I find myself working again on a weekend. Um, This time it's just me in the photography studio and I am working with a graphic designer and another designer that are both friends of mine. We all three of us live in the city so we decided after work we were just going to grab a bite to eat. So at the end of the day, I walk out into the design studio and I talk to my graphic designer friend who says, yeah, just go collect our other friend and we can get going. So I walk to the paint studio that's located in the warehouse. She was working on something back there. And this paint studio is located right next to the big tower. So I'm walking through the warehouse, and as I get closer to the paint studio, all I can really hear is music blaring from the studio. And I I, I just think that she's listening to her music really loudly, but it was kind of exceptionally loud. I walk into the paint studio, and she's painting, but she has industrial headphones on, (laughs) like the kind that you use to block out noise. And I walk over to her radio and I turn it off and she turns and looks to me. And I was like, what are you doing? Why are you listening to music super loud with these headphones on? And without hesitation, she walks to the back door of the paint studio and opens it. And it leads to the pig tower. And she said, so I don't have to listen to that. And all I hear coming from the warehouse is the rising and lowering of a forklift, like up, down, up, down, making that robotic noise. And I said, well, who else is here? And she said, nobody. And I was like, well, what's, who's doing that? And she said, I don't know. She believes that it's Joe's forklift that's going up and down. These were uh, forklifts that were operated, that were key operated, just like a car. So it was kind of unusual for it to be able to go up and down on its own. It was also unusual for it to be going up and down on its own when someone wasn't manually operating it. We walk back up to the front, we meet up with our other friend, and we're about to exit through the front of the building. (sighs) And all of a sudden, we hear, again, a massive crash. But this time, it came from upstairs. It was a big one. It was things falling over and toppling, and you can hear that things had broken, and 
the three of us kind of froze and we were like, what was that? So we venture upstairs just to take a look. We know we're the only ones in the building. So we walk upstairs to this boardroom and uh, we find that there was an office chair that had, I guess, pushed itself (laughs) across the length of the boardroom with such speed that it had crashed into this huge display that they had made for a presentation and just obliterated it. It, There was stuff everywhere. There was glass that was broken. Um, and we decided that it wasn't our issue. And we left the building. This went on for the entire time that I worked there. You know, I'd be working at my desk. I would hear footsteps. I'd smell cigarette smoke. I'd see him pass by the door. I would hear things break in the prop room. Things would fall off the shelves. Stuff would go missing. And it was constant. It never stopped. Danielle decided to make contact with this spirit, not knowing what it would lead to. I'm at work. I'm in the studio by myself. It's a regular work day. um, And I am shooting. And again, out of the corner of my eye, Joe passes my doorway. And I'm not sure if I did this out of frustration or if I did this out of resolution or whatever it is I was trying to do. But I, I spoke to him. I spoke out loud and I said, Joe, I see you. If there is something that you're trying to tell me, give me a sign. And nothing happened. (laughs) And I thought to myself, okay, well, at this point, I'm just talking to myself in a studio. And, you know, if he wanted to show me something, I think he is more than capable of doing so. And I just kind of left it at that. And I felt a little bit crazy, but (laughs) I went about my day. So later on that evening, I'm in my apartment and I'm cooking dinner. I'm facing my stove and the entrance to the kitchen is on my right hand side. And I'm cooking away and all of a sudden I feel... It's like something's off. I feel that quietness and that stillness that I often experienced at work. And I look to my right and Joe walks past the entrance to my kitchen. So my initial reaction was to completely freak out (laughs) I start yelling no no this is not what I meant you have to get out of here I'm sorry no you can't be here you shouldn't have followed me home and I'm I'm speaking sternly and loudly (laughs) and my boyfriend at the time who was sitting in the living room just ran into the kitchen and he's like are you, are you okay? Like, what's going on? 
and I didn't even really know what to say. I'd really like kind of just kind of told him about what was going on at work. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I was just telling somebody to leave. <laughs> the next day I go to work and I know that this sounds odd, but I almost felt nervous. Almost like you had a disagreement with a coworker and you were wondering, you know, what the vibe was going to be when you got there. And uh, I show up to work and I'm working in the studio and I'm shooting and I don't see Joe that day, which was odd because I typically saw him frequently. Went to work the next day, no Joe. I went to work another day, no Joe, and then for weeks on, I never, I never saw him again. So I worked there for another couple of years, I think, after that whole incident. And I, I never, I never saw him again. I, I went from seeing him so often to not at all. And then I, I kind of felt bad. In hindsight, I felt bad because I was said to him, like, if you needed help to let me know. And I guess I should have been clear <laughs> on how he should have addressed that. I mean, even though he was a ghost, <laughs> I, can't, it's like, I can't even believe I'm saying this, even though he was a ghost, you know, that I saw on a regular basis, um, he was a person at one point. And that's something I think I always kept in my mind is that, yeah, it was very scary, <laughs> but he was a person and he decided that he wanted to remain where he was the happiest, I guess. When we started this podcast, our direction was definitely telling the scariest stories possible, but so much more has stemmed from it. We began a platform that has helped people realize that they're not alone in their experiences, and I'm hoping hearing one of my own stories that people can see the genuine interest. It's also intrigued people to open their minds to possibility. Not everything is black and white and the gray area can hold its own beauty. One of my favorite quotes is from Shakespeare's Hamlet. There are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than dreamt of in your philosophy. This world can be a fascinating place, if you allow it to be. Special thanks to Danielle for sharing her story. If you have a sec, please subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. It would mean a lot to us. Story submissions can be sent to hello.geist.podcast at gmail.com. Geist is written and directed by Daniel Matar. Original score and sounds by Bo Jensen. Episode mixed and mastered by Adam Esker. Geist's logo is by Jake Carruthers. Follow us on all social media platforms at Geist underscore podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, sleep tight.